Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Friday, July 17th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 172nd episode of LOB. As always, be sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please make sure to go do that. Also, be sure to go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, as some good stuff will be posted there daily as well. So to kick off the show today, we need to talk about all of the moves the Blackhawks made on Thursday while the team had their first off day since returning to Fifth Third Arena for training camp on Monday. So the Hawks made three signings on Thursday, two of which we already knew were in the works, with defensemen Ian Mitchell and Wyatt Kalanuck, who both served as captain of their respected collegiate teams last year, finally agreeing to the terms of their deals. So, as I talked about on yesterday's episode, Mitchell's entry-level contract is for three years, with a $925,000 cap hit per season, which will officially kick in at the beginning of next year after the Hawks made the wise decision not to burn a year of his contract just to practice with the team throughout this postseason. As for Kalanick's deal, his is for two years, as expected because of his age, also with a cap hit of $925,000, and kicks in at the beginning of the 2020-2021 campaign. So, Kalanick finally finds a home here in Chicago, as the former 7th round pick of the Philadelphia Flyers saw his draft rights expire on July 1st after foregoing his senior season at the University of Wisconsin. A couple of episodes ago, I talked about how Kalanuck was an impressive offensive defenseman throughout his tenure with the Badgers, and how he was a leader on the team's power play as well, and I also wanted to be sure to mention once again that Corey Pronman of The Athletic ranked the 23-year-old left-handed defenseman as the second-best potential college free agent back in February, calling Kalanuck a fantastic skater with a high skill level that should translate to the NHL. I would expect Kalanuck to need some time adjusting to professional hockey next season, so he will likely be down in Rockford for a while before he even gets a look at NHL action with the Blackhawks. Now, the third move that the Hawks made yesterday, which was the one that surprised people, was the signing of 24-year-old Swiss forward Pius Suter, who led Switzerland's National League with 30 goals and 23 assists for 53 points in 50 games for the Zurich SC Lions last season. Now, if you remember correctly, Blackhawks 2019-20 Calder Trophy finalist Dominic Kubelik actually led that league in scoring as a 24-year-old last year, which has drawn some comparisons to he and Suter from Blackhawks fans. Now, I don't think everyone out there should be expecting Suter to jump right into the NHL and score 30 goals next season, but it is exciting to know the potential role that he could play for the Blackhawks in the future. Apparently, Nine other teams were in the running for Suter, but he wound up choosing the Blackhawks because of their past success with undrafted European players, and he also spent time under Blackhawks assistant coach Mark Crawford in the past when he was the head coach of the Zurich SC Lions. So, the terms of Suter's deal is for one season, also at $925,000, which is exactly what Kubelik signed with the Hawks last summer. With The Hawks' back's likely to be right up against the salary cap for each of the next couple of seasons going forward. Finding a cheap middle six wing option like Pia Suter could be a huge help in filling out the roster going forward. 
So there you have it with all of the Blackhawks' latest acquisitions from Thursday. And it certainly will be fun to see how all three of these players progress in the offseason in an attempt to make the Hawks' NHL roster for the 2020-2021 season. In addition to the Hawks' three signings from Thursday, we also heard an update from Blackhawks defenseman Dennis Gilbert, who was interestingly left off of the team's postseason roster in favor of guys like Chad Chris and Alec Regula. Well, it all makes sense now, as Gilbert took to Twitter on Thursday to announce that he suffered a wrist injury somewhere along the way in the last couple of months, which will unfortunately require season-ending surgery. So this really puts the puzzle together here as I was so confused as to why Gilbert wouldn't be practicing with the team throughout this postseason as he spent a decent amount of time with the Hawks this season and didn't perform horribly in his first bunch of NHL action. So a bit of an update there on Blackhawks defenseman Dennis Gilbert. Now I think that will take us to all of the info out of Blackhawks training camp on Friday with most notably Connor Murphy and Ole Mata joining Corey Crawford and Calvin DeHaan as players who were absent for unknown reasons. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks Twitter page, at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcasts, and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Okay, so we just wrapped up talking about the three signings the Hawks made on Thursday, as well as the update on defenseman Dennis Gilbert. Now it's time to talk about all of the news out of Blackhawks training camp on Friday, with most notably Connor Murphy and Ole Mata joining Corey Crawford and Calvin DeHaan as players who were not participating due to an unknown reason. So, after the conclusion of practice this afternoon... Coach Jeremy Colleton did say that both Murphy and Mata were absent today because they were unfit to participate, which could mean a wide variety of things. The first thing that comes to mind, obviously, is that they tested positive for COVID-19, which would make sense because they both were seemingly fine at practice on Wednesday. If they did sit out today, though, for rest or whatever reason, then technically, Colleton wouldn't be allowed to say anything other than they were unfit to participate, so hopefully we are just overreacting to this whole situation because the Hawks were once again without Calvin DeHaan and Corey Crawford today as well, but things surely aren't looking good here with just over two weeks until game one of the best of five series versus the Edmonton Oilers. So the Hawks are potentially looking at no Crawford, DeHaan, Mata, and Murphy going forward for an unknown amount of time, which is not what you want to hear when you're preparing for an offensive juggernaut like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and the Edmonton Oilers. At practice today, the Blackhawks' defensive pairings were looking pretty scary, with Keith and Boquist once again on the top pairing together, Nick Sealer and Slater Cuckoo as the second pairing, Chad Chris and Nicholas Bodan as the third pairing. Yikes, just one NHL game between the two of them right there. And then Lucas Carlson and Brent Seabrook yet again rounding things out as the fourth pairing. 
You have to think that Carlson and Seabrook would actually play in a playoff game before Chris and Bodan would. So the Hawks were likely just trying to get those guys some reps with the first team while a handful of their main defensemen were unable to practice today. But still, those deep pairings are quite ugly looking, so hopefully the Hawks will be able to get Dehan, Murphy, and Mata back before Game 1 on August 1st, or else this could be a nightmare situation for the Hawks, especially with all the question marks surrounding Corey Crawford's status moving forward as well. So, the Blackhawks rolled with the same forward lines as they have all week today, with Debrinket, Taze, and Saad as the top line, Nylander, Strom, and Kane together for the second line, Kubalik, Doc, and Kajula as the third line, and then the fourth line remained Carpenter, Kampf, and Highmore, with Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban rotating in and out of drills with the first team on Friday. We did get a bit of potential good news surrounding Crawford's return, as NBC Sports Chicago reported on Friday morning that they had knowledge that Crow could possibly be rejoining the team as early as next week, although nothing is certain at the moment. As I've spoken about a handful of times in the last episodes, though, Crawford did not choose to opt out without penalty before Monday's deadline, so to me at least, that says that he would like to play for the Blackhawks at some point in this potential 2014 postseason. By the way, a little update on how the whole return-to-play plan is going. Well, as you can guess, there have been another couple of bumps in the road, most recently with the Edmonton Oilers' Rogers place being heavily flooded with a horrible video leaking on Twitter that just showed the whole place looking like an absolute disaster. Both the Rogers, both Rogers Place and the NHL have commented on the matter, saying that they are working as quickly as possible to clean up the mess and take care of all the damage, but after looking at that video, things certainly did not look good with only 15 days to go before the playoffs are set to take place in Edmonton. We also saw on Thursday, Boston Bruins superstar David Pasternak was deemed unfit to participate at practice, with the latest update being that he came into contact with someone who tested positive for COVID-19, but Pasternak himself did test negative, but will stay quarantined until the NHL protocols deem him safe to return. So, here we are, getting closer and closer to postseason action, and we are still seeing superstar players across the league testing positive for COVID-19. We also heard Edmonton Oilers defenseman Caleb Jones come out and verify that he did test positive for coronavirus when he first arrived to camp a couple uh, days ago, but he has now tested negative multiple times and was cleared to return to practice with the team this afternoon. So, cases are still popping up around the league, and this is a gigantic weekend coming up for the NHL. And we'll certainly have to wait and see what the positive numbers will be this weekend with all the tests that will certainly be happening. Alright, I think that takes care of all the news out of the Blackhawks practice this afternoon, as well as the latest regarding the NHL's return to play plan. Now it's time to move on to our daily segment here on the podcast, which is regular season recap, where I give a brief recap of one of the Blackhawks players' 2019-20 regular seasons, just as a bit of a refresher on how they did this year before the best-of-five playing series against the Edmonton Oilers. I am Jack Bushman, your host of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. 
You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at TalkinHockey. Or you can also email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions that you want answered as part of our Mailbag Monday segment on next episode. Okay, so we just finished up talking about all of the updates out of Blackhawks training camp on Friday. Now it's time for our daily regular season recap segment, with today's feature being Blackhawks two-time Stanley Cup champion goaltender Corey Crawford. So, coming into the 2019-20 regular season, Crawford surprisingly had a lot to prove for a two-time Stanley Cup champion, and that is because after serving as the Hawks' anchor and net from 2011 to 2017, Crawford suffered a series of concussions that would cost him the majority of his 2017-18 and 2018-19 campaigns. The 2003 second-round pick suffered his first concussion back on December 23, 2017 against the New Jersey Devils, but he was originally diagnosed with an upper body injury and was ruled only to be out for a little bit. Crawford then went on to miss the remainder of the regular season with post-concussion syndrome, and the Blackhawks missed the playoffs for the first time since 2007-2008. After a confusing offseason in which Crawford's health status remained up in the air, he went on to miss the first couple of weeks of the 2018-19 regular season before returning to the lineup on October 18, 2018 against the Arizona Coyotes. Unfortunately, though, less than two months after rejoining the team, Crawford suffered his second concussion on December 16, 2018 against the San Jose Sharks after getting his head hit against the goalpost in the first period thanks to Evander Kane. Crawford was then placed on injured reserve, where he would remain until February 27, 2019 due to lingering concussion-like symptoms. Crawford went on to play in 16 games down the stretch, going 8-4-3 in an attempt to get the Blackhawks back in the postseason. With the concussion issues costing Crawford a significant chunk of each of the last two years, the Blackhawks wisely went out and signed Robin Leonard to a one-year, $5 million contract in free agency to try and stabilize their goaltender position. As a result, Crawford was no longer the head honcho in goal for the first time since winning the job back in 2010-2011. Sure, some great backup goaltenders pushed Crawford for playing time in the past, but Leonard is no backup goaltender. In 2018-19 with the New York Islanders, Leonard finished third in voting for the Vesna Trophy and won the William N. Jennings Trophy along with Tomas Grice for the fewest total goals scored against. Prior to Leonard being dealt to the Vegas Golden Knights at this year's trade deadline, He and Crawford shared the net for the majority of the first 62 games of the season, and shockingly, the split was dead even with each netminder receiving 31 starts. But Leonard was the better of the two before the trade, and although Crawford was not playing poorly, there were just moments throughout the early parts of the year where he did not look like a true number one goaltender anymore. Towards the second half of the season, though, Crow's play began to pick up, and he started to get more and more starts from coach Jeremy Colleton. This played a significant part in Leonard's trade to Vegas, as the Hawks felt comfortable enough moving forward with Crawford leading the playoff push in goal. Crawford started in each of the Hawks eight games before the regular season was placed on pause on March 11th, and in total, he finished with a 16-20-4 record, along with a 2.77 goals against average and a 9.17 save percentage. Although the record does not show it, Crawford was much better than his 2.77 goals against average suggests, as the Blackhawks' defense was one of the worst in the league this season. Crawford's save percentage is also quite impressive when you consider the Hawks allowed a league-high 35.1 shots on goal per game. Looking at some of Crawford's underlying statistics, and they also suggest that he was much better than he gets credit for. The 13-year NHL veteran posted a 641 quality start percentage this season, which was the fourth highest in the NHL for goalies with at least 30 starts. 
Crawford was also tied for 10th in the league with 8.9 goalie point shares, which estimates the number of points contributed by a player due to his play and goal. Crawford's top performance of the 2019-20 regular season was likely his only shutout of the year in the Blackhawks' 3-0 victory on November 26, 2019 against the division rival Dallas Stars. The 35-year-old netminder stopped all 32 star shots he faced, including four while the Hawks were shorthanded. The last shutout Crawford recorded came on March 19, 2019 against his hometown team, the Montreal Canadiens. All in all, Crawford played pretty well for being 35 years old, and had the Blackhawks defense not been horrendous, then his numbers likely would have been much better than they showed. The question now is, what comes next for the Blackhawks two-time Stanley Cup champ? After all, Crawford is a free agent at the end of the season, and with the Hawks' backs up against the wall due to the salary cap yet again, he could sadly be yet another casualty during the Stan Bowman as general manager era. Crawford proved that he still can be a number one goaltender at the NHL with his play in the second half this year, so if he is willing to take a bit of a hometown discount, then there is a chance that he and the Hawks can work something out in the offseason. There still could be more time for Crawford in the red sweater, though, as if he does return to the Blackhawks team, he certainly will be the team's every-game starter if the NHL's potential 2014 postseason does go as planned. Alright, I think that is going to wrap up Corey Crawford's regular season recap and also Friday, July 17th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news about a potential return to hockey in the next few weeks. As always following a Friday, the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday, so don't forget to hit me on Twitter at my personal account at JackBushman2 or my Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for any questions at all regarding anything related to the LOB podcast. Or you can also always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. I really enjoy this segment, guys, so please, 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 if you have anything at all that you want to ask, don't hesitate to do so. All right, so thank you again for listening to Friday's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Until next time, please enjoy your weekend responsibly.